It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm a senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs. I'm thrilled that you're tuning in because we are continuing in our study of authentic Christianity. Now, this has been a very convicting study. If you've missed the prior two weeks in this three-part study, and believe me, you're going to get fed today too, so don't think for a moment that, oh, I didn't hear last week, so I can't pick up today. No, this is going to be very relevant right here in the now of what you need as far as being an authentic Christian. But I would encourage you, go back, listen to the prior few broadcasts on this, and you can find those at calvaryfountain.com. Again, that's calvaryfountain.com, and there you'll find an archive of all of our prior broadcasts, even some of our video teachings on this subject, even sermon notes. Yes, go and share them all with your friends and family alike. So again, we're so excited that you are tuning in, and to help me in this very serious discussion, a convicting one, one that's going to, I hopefully will resonate with you as it has with me, to help us in this dialogue, Dr. Steve Ford is back with us here in the studio. Dr. Ford, welcome back to Engage in Truth. Thank you, John. This has been so great. I love this series. And as they say, if you've heard the first two, you ain't heard nothing yet. Today is <laughs> going to be absolutely amazing. And I'm really looking forward to this. This is We've got some great things to cover today. That's right. Yeah. Hey, I just uh, loved even just going through some of our notes here today. I'm just like, this is, oh boy, I hope this is a blessing <laughs> as so much excited. as it is for me. Uh, but to help us again in this dialogue, we've had now the last couple weeks, a wonderful guest with us, Miss Benita Bynum. And that might be a name that you know well, because she has served throughout the front range in various churches, helping to establish women's ministry ministries and evangelistic works and ministries uh, throughout these churches. And the Lord has allowed her now to serve at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley. We're so excited that she is back here on Engage in Truth and also continuing to serve so faithfully, not only in the front line of ministry, but also as a veteran. So she can really understand the heart of those in our community right here in Colorado Springs. So Benita, welcome back to Engage in Truth. Thank you, Pastor John. It's always a blessing, an honor, and I'm humbly here yeah. I am not worthy. Uh, well, you are. Yeah, I know you wear that uh, the the cloak of humility quite well, and I know it's not uh, self imputed, but uh, imputed. But you have just this love of the Lord, and I just want people to get to know your heart and hear your heart for Him and in love for Him. So we're talking about authentic Christianity. We're not in any way uh, trying to condemn our listener, but rather right. convict. Right? We all need a little conviction here of what it means to authentically follow Jesus Christ. I know this has been near and dear to your heart because being out there on the front lines, you have seen a thing or two. You have heard the stories. You see how we wear the labels of Christian without having a walk that embodies that. Maybe they claim to be a Christian, but there's just no fruit to be seen or or received from that supposed walk. Uh, maybe they're in love with religion. Maybe they're in love with a a church group or a, a door name. You know, I belong to such and such church. But ultimately, are they in love with Jesus Christ and His ways? So today, we're talking about two more points. We've been building this this theme of authentic Christianity and trying to reverse engineer this a bit to say, let's get to the root of the situation. Let's get right into this of of why we find so much hypocrisy even in churches today. Why there's a lot of 
words going out, but there seems to be a lack of real substance, and the world is paying attention. They're calling it out. I mean, they, they have no shame in calling it out on social media right. or any type of sphere of media. It is time that we walk the walk as we talk the talk. And so you presented a couple bullet points even for us here today. And the first you believed was that as authentic Christians, we need to be grounded in knowledge, grounded in knowledge. So tell us a little bit about that. Maybe you've got a a verse you want to share with us. I do have a scripture for you, Pastor John. It is something that's really near and dear to my heart, especially doing street ministry, because Mm. I have so many people out there who do not believe that the Bible is inspired by God. Mm. And with all the false teaching that is being presented today, and and I know that because I do travel throughout the state, I go to different churches, I listen intently. Mm-hmm. I have become a Berean, and thank you for that, John. I You, you take a big part of that. and uh, Yeah, you really are the real deal. I know you you, you closely follow every word I say. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually grateful. Uh, we, we need that kind of accountability. You talked about that a couple weeks ago. That seems to be something that's lacking even in the iron sharpening iron of Christian churches today, a lack of accountability. So believe me, I, I hold that very dear to my heart that you are such a woman in the Word. And so as you're challenging other women to be in the Word, uh, you're not asking them to do something you don't, you don't do yourself. So right. I really appreciate that. And with that, I would like to just read to you from Timothy, 2 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah, amen. Amen. And and this is a great segue then as we talk about being grounded in knowledge. Uh, This is something that I think we can do a pretty good job, uh, Dr. Ford, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this. We do seem to really uh, delight, and perhaps there are many certain circles will do this, we we seem to uh, love to accumulate a lot of knowledge. Um, but sometimes that can that can make us a bit pride filled. It, it can it, we get a, kind of swollen and a little inflated in our head above our shoulders. Here seems to get a little uh, weighty uh, as we start to accumulate so much knowledge. But yeah. then perhaps we're missing a key ingredient in that. Yeah, I love what Oswald Chambers said. He, he said that we take our conceptions of God and we pour them like molten lead into a mold and then fling them at the heads of people who disagree with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and sometimes it is it is sort of like that. I, I think. Um, you know, we, there there are just so many different ways that we can go with this. But I, I think the the thing is that we just need to think about um, how we can become more sensitive to being Holy Spirit led. So many of the things that we've talked about, yeah. And it's so important for us, even when we talk about witnessing to others, that we're being responsive and receptive to the Holy Spirit. And how can we do that if we're not well-grounded in knowledge of the Scripture and if we're not well-grounded in prayer? How can we have that relationship to be prompted, like you've talked about, you know, to ask somebody to say a prayer? Obviously, that, you know, that was was from the Holy Spirit, you know, we're directed to do those things. But if we don't have that relationship with Him, we're going to miss out on those opportunities. So, obviously, a, a dedicated prayer life time in the word it should just be like jesus said the bread the water of life that those are the things that we need to do to be in relationship with him and live the kind of lives that he wants us to live that's right and and now there's another key ingredient i think in first corinthians 13 
it talks about this, that we can have all of this knowledge, right? but there's got to be, as we reverse engineer this, we talked about the last couple weeks now, there seems to be something missing with all these works, with all this religiosity, with yeah. all the sensationalism around us. Do we truly walk with Jesus or alongside Jesus? And if right. we walk with Jesus, if we are sort of prone to keeping of the commandments, why do that if there's not love? Right. If you love me, you keep my commandments, right? right? right. So, well, do you have that scripture handy for us, 1 Corinthians 13? I do. This is 1 Corinthians 13, too. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Mm. That's right. What a powerful text. I know that's uh, probably used at weddings far and wide, uh, but you know the kind of love that we're talking about here is an agape love. Right. It is a total selfless love that sees only the end product, the result in someone else, that you are so moved to action in a service and a faithfulness despite the reciprocating action. Right, and I think that's why we use that often in weddings, because ultimately, if we're entering into a covenant agreement, regardless of how they reciprocate, we're so in love with Jesus first that our spouse now receives that faithfulness, that commitment, that loyalty, and that is creates this byproduct of a of a walk with the Lord that yields fruit that is a blessing to those around us, where even our enemies can be at peace with us, which is kind of a profound thing, right? Yeah, if you know, you see that in the life of Lee Strobel, anybody who's familiar with his works oh, yeah. yes. and the case for Christ, and he talks about what happened with his wife and how endearing and charming the things that he saw that the Lord was mm-hmm. doing in his in the life of his wife and, and what a reflection of Jesus that was into his own life. And that was it wasn't the little notes that she left, it wasn't, you know, any of the little things that she would do, but it was the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in her life that he found to be most attractive and appealing. That's right. Sometimes those persons that are hearing us when we're not even directing conversation their way, right? Uh, those seeds of truth that they're receiving, hopefully it's truth because we can certainly plant the wrong kind of seeds. Definitely. And that's the hypocritical lifestyle. That's the one that acts like Babylon uh, on the side and then puts on a, a different hat, a different cape, a different gown as we go into the church and pretend like we've got it all together and that we're holier than thou. And and, the, and I'm not trying to, to you know sound, I don't know, facetious or rude yeah. or arrogant in this, but I think that what we have to understand is that they're is a beam of seat of Christ. There is a great white throne judgment. We will be held accountable for every word that we speak, for every action that we take. And we are far too complacent, way too apathetic in the church today, where we are not seeing the fruit, I believe, of a church that is sold out for Jesus Christ. Right. That early church, when you go back to Acts and you see that they were selling everything they had right. because they so believed this message and they so believed in the cause of Christ and the fact that people were dying without him, they were moved by the Spirit in that way to say, even the clothes on my back belong to him. I, I need to give it all for the cause of Christ. Yeah, we've covered in prior broadcasts, and I believe back when we were talking about the book of Revelation, the first century Christian church were known for loving each other and loving others. When the plagues came through, mm-hmm. it was the Christians loving each other, loving their neighbor. That right. really caught the attention of, of the, their fellow Romans, and, and that's really how it spread throughout the empire. Wow, exemplified by love. What a novel idea. Right. Now, of course, when we talk about love, we can also get the misnomer in our culture today. That means everybody's talking about love, 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 uh, which often is laced with compromise, 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 <laughs> right? right? right. Don't stand for truth, right? right? And again, there's an arrogant way of delivering truth. That Let me just uh, highlight here in 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26, of a proper balance in how we are to be people of love, but yet firm in truth. 
oh, what a difficult balance to maintain. We're not good at that. We're usually air on one side or the other of this. That's right. He tells us, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Okay, wow, so there's a, an ability to teach with patience. We talked about that last week, how we can throw so many excuses at God. Uh, we're like, well, I'm not called to teach. Okay, are you called to open your mouth? Right. Okay, are you trusting the Holy Spirit to put the words to your lips? Are you trusting the Holy Spirit to guide you into those conversations? Are there really any coincidences at all? If you have a flat tire and a stranger comes to give you aid, can you not be a representative for Christ in that moment? Right. Or are you going to be venting and frustrated because you got the flat tire? <laughs> right. right. Every opportunity, let us use it to the glory of the Lord. Right. Okay, easier said than done. That's right. Uh, we can admit that. Um, but before we move on to, I think, what is a, another building point on this, I know, Benita, you're so passionate about knowledge, about saying, okay, are we taking in the right knowledge? Because everything sounds so good out there. They're like sweet morsels. I think that there are perhaps teachers today who have mastered the art of sounding so convincing, and yet when you examine some of what they're presenting, you go, wait a minute, something. there's a disconnect here. Uh, from the truth that I'm reading that tells me I'm going to suffer for my faith, that tells me I'm going to experience adversity. Maybe I'm not going to be living my best life now after all, because there's a glorious life that awaits, uh, and it may mean my total self-sacrifice in the now for something glorious, as Peter says that we're commended in doing. So I know you're very sensitive to that subject, and as I mentioned earlier, you hold me accountable even, and I praise God for that. We need iron sharpening iron. What are what is some of your thoughts? Some of your share your heart with our listener. Well, I, one of my, the things I want to touch on, Pastor John, is the patience. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of patience when I'm going out there and doing street ministry because I am considering that I'm going out into the world, right. going out to people who are on the outside. However, when we're talking about authentic Christianity. And I have people in the church, and I do a lot of different ministries in the church. I have access to talk to a lot of people. I hear a lot of a lot of things. And that is why I, my heart is for Christian, authentic Christianity, excuse me, I get a little tied up with that. I have no patience for people who call themselves Christians and walk in the world. And yeah. I, I probably need a little help with that. I need <laughs> You got kind of the prophet spirit in you, right? I mean, right. His, like even Jeremiah says that he was grieving over the people. I think it's in Jeremiah 13. There's an actual heartache for people who are not the real deal, that loving God as he loves them. Right. That's right? okay to be brokenhearted over that. Yeah. And it, as Benito was talking about that, it just made me think about Jesus doing the same thing. He was so patient with this, the tax collectors, the sinners, but it was the religious leaders who should have known better, who were not setting the proper example and were actually getting in the way of people finding the truth. Right. The brutal that, Yeah, really right. raised his ire. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, wow, the Lord was kind of tough on them, and rightfully so, because they had the seeds of truth. They had his word, and they were using it to embellish their own agenda, right? right? There was a a whole hierarchy of religiosity that had been created on the backs of the people, and there was a heavy yoke 
they had placed upon them, and the Lord grieved for them. The That's truth right. would set them free. Yeah. The knowledge of me will set you free, will liberate you from the burdens of your past, and you'll be able to walk in a newness in a relationship with me. So where you love walking with me as opposed to grieving that somehow you're missing out. Right. 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 As if the world has anything to offer us anyway, really. Yeah. yeah. He has so much more for us than the world has to offer. I just want to put in a plug here too, as Benito was talking and talking about uh, Paul and the value of scripture that as a friend pointed out to me recently, when Paul went in and he was talking about scripture, he was talking about the old Testament because the new Testament hadn't been written yet. That's right. And I just, I think that we, we really need to make sure that we're valuing. There are so many great examples of God's love and mercy and power in the Old Testament. And we just want to make sure that we're diving into those. And, it's a full and, word of God. Yeah, just mining Absolutely. in there, you know, the heart of God. And it, and it, and it bookends perfectly. I mean, there's over 60,000 cross-references in Scripture. Right. And it bookends with Genesis. You've got the tree of life at the beginning, and then you have the tree of so life beautiful. at the end. Yeah. If you take out anything, you are missing a key piece of this. Now, granted, you could take just Isaiah. Right. And have the full plan of God revealed right, right there. Right. And I love that's the, what the cross references do that if somebody only had one leaf of a page of the scripture, it would still be enough to convict one to point to the evidences that are all around them according to Romans chapter one. Right. So the knowledge is out there and he's put on the hearts of men eternity. So none can stand right. before no him excuse. and give an excuse. Right. Yeah. right? Let's talk about in our just our few moments left together. This goes by so quickly, especially yeah, here we are, week so three awesome. of this subject, and yet it feels like we need three more weeks. <laughs> right. uh, Benita, you had mentioned to me that uh, that one of the key points for you is you is you say we need to be grounded in truth, grounded in an understanding of our Savior. How can we give an answer for the hope that's in us if we don't know Him and we don't know His Word, and and if the coffee table is just being held down by this dusty Bible? then we really don't know him and how easy it is for us to turn to everything else to absolve our situation rather than what's right there in front of us of a holy God who's revealed his word to us and he's given us the resources at our disposal to call upon him and he is more than able, there's nothing impossible for him to work into that situation, but he's usually our last resort. So we need we can do so much better in that, but I think it comes back to this final point here in our three-week study together of being sold out for Jesus Christ. I mean, total allegiance, total selfless service. He is more than enough. He is our everything, and we are satisfied in that. So, Benita, talk to us. Just share a little of your heart of what it means to you to be sold out for Jesus Christ. Being sold out, is, for me, is being willing to give up everything at every cost. Mm. I'm willing to do that. And Pastor John, I have told you on more than one occasion that in my perfect world, it would be selling everything and going out and doing ministry work. And that, can do, and that happens right now. I've seen you do it. I, I've seen you make those sacrifices, and I know that you encourage many others to do likewise. Say, what else could I be doing with my time right now? If I've only got so many seconds in the day, I've only got so many minutes Am I really yielding a harvest of producing fruit for the kingdom, or am I just simply wasting away the few precious moments that I have with, yeah. the, with the vessel he's given me? Yeah. Oh, that's a, such great points. I, I think, once again, don't we need to let ourselves be spirit-led with those times, with those opportunities? Lord, what do you want me to do with this? What do you want me to do today? How can I serve you today? How can I honor and worship you today? How can yeah. I be crucified to this life? Guide me and direct me. It's not uh, a cliche of seize the day. 
Yeah, no. it really oh, isn't. Not. I think the Lord calls us to do that every day. I right. mean, he you just take a journey with the Lord in, in Matthew chapter 14. Look what his day looked like. Right. I mean, right. it was ministering. It's healing the sick. It's reaching out to those in need. He's, he, he's feeding a crowd. He's then walking out on the water to meet his disciples at the final hours of the day into the early morning. Right. I mean, he, he seized every moment. And then when it seems like he has a break, he's in prayer with the Father. That's exactly. There was intentionality with every breath in his body. And you almost wonder, would we, uh, you know, you wonder how many years would we really have if we were that sold out? Benita and I have just kind of joked a little off air to say, okay, you know what, in the ideal scenario, could we even find ourselves being so bold with the gospel message that you could even be a modern day martyr? Right. For, for that. And I'm not saying we seek that out. Oh, I'm, I want to go out and go get killed right now for the Lord. But I just wonder if the kind of boldness that he calls us to could be so offensive to the darkness in this world. You could find yourself, even in uh, whatever hostile territory around the world, de- boldly declaring the Lord, you wouldn't live a very long life, right. right? I mean, if you truly were sold out like that, I mean, look at John the Baptist. Right. He, he didn't live all that long. He was bold with the truth. He, he didn't back down from the truth, even in the face of great adversity, knowing it could cost him his head, and it certainly did. Um, so, so there is something to be said about that of just saying, if I'm truly sold out for Christ, it could and probably should cost us everything. I think that a true disciple is dedicated to the cause of Christ. Uh, Matthew ten thirty eight, he says, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Yes, oh, deny how many times yourself. That? Deny yourself and take up your cross daily. And I think everybody that you come in contact with, Pastor John, is the potential for a ministry. Amen. We should cease every opportunity that we have to talk about the things of the Lord. And are we uncomfortable doing that? I'd like to present that today because I know everywhere I go, I Mm. try to talk about the Lord and just see where people are with the Lord. And I see my own family who is uncomfortable with that. They're rolling their eyes. They're like, oh boy, here she goes again. again." (laughs) Exactly. Right. So... Yeah. That to me is being sold out. I, you know, I am not cross. a people pleaser. Yeah, I think it's a real statement of count the cost, right? Yes. I mean, because when when he made that statement, he was speaking to Galileans, and they knew that when he said take up the cross to follow him, they weren't having a future view. I don't believe of of Calvary in that moment. They were. He was referring to something they were already quite familiar with. In fact, uh, one of the Roman generals had crucified 2,000 Jews along the roads throughout Galilee to make a statement of them, to bring them back under subjection and submission to Roman authority. So when he says, take up the cross to follow me, it is a, you are willing to die for this cause. I don't know that in the Western church today, we have that kind of passionate love. We almost seem to be more in love with the Oh, I don't know, the ambiance, the aroma of the place, the great showmanship. Are we really going there because we want to seek the Lord, even if it's rough around the edges? I mean, we've got a small church. We are not polished, (laughs) but we love the Lord. And I think that's what my heart would be, is that when they come, they see authenticity. You've talked about that before as well. You know, it says in Matthew 13, 24 to 27, that Jesus, he's talking to his disciples. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? 
For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. So you see a powerful declaration there. The Lord is very truthful as he is. It's all he can speak is truth. And he's helping us to understand here it comes at a great price. He's paid the ultimate price. He bought us back. He saved us from the consequence of sin. If we're a believer and we accept him as our Lord and Savior and and we confess his name and we repent and turn from this wickedness of of this life that we lead that's breaking his heart, even though we know there's a, a journey in that, that sanctification process, we know there's a work that the Lord's doing in all of us. Some of us, it's a shorter time than others. Some right. of us, it's a little harder, longer work. <laughs> there's some prodigals in our families. We know that. And he knows. we also know that he'll leave the 99 to pursue that one. And that's the, the heart of our Lord. But for those who are standing in that space of non-commitment. They're, they're unwilling to make that push forward. They're okay in complacency. You have to ask yourself, are you okay being the church of Laodicea? Are you okay being the church of Sardis? Uh, the, these churches, one was a dead church. The other is a lukewarm church. These were not okay for the Lord. He, he, he condemned them for these behaviors. There, there was great reprimand from Jesus Christ. It's not okay to remain there. We've got work to do. The time is short. Jesus Christ is coming soon. And I know that our time is out. Look at that. It's already it's wow. already coming on. Dr. Ford, Benita, thank you so much for being here on Engage in Truth. You're thank a blessing. You. Thank you, John. It's been an honor and a blessing. And please feel free to reach out to Pastor John or to challenge me. Yeah. I'm willing to do the walk with you. Amen. Get a hold of Pastor John, and he will. Yeah, we'll make get you sure pointed in the right that, direction. Yes, and you can reach out to us at CalvaryFountain.com. This is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church, right here in Colorado Springs. And services are at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sunday. And we would love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.